Welcome to episode 79 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing how to modify your workouts to accommodate your setting, pregnancy workout modifications, and sets and reps for different goals. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? Episode 79. It's our two-year wedding anniversary. Special day. Special day. So special. Um, we just came back from the Cape. Actually, we drove back at, um, what was it, 4.30 I think we left morning? at 4.30 in the morning. 4.30 yeah. in the morning because we had to drive back for a 7 a.m. session. Um, so we're a little bit a little bit groggy today, so okay. forgive us if we're a little bit off our game. But um, <laughs> we had a wonderful weekend at the Cape. Um, you know, we spent two days at... Um, it's got, uh, I don't. I wouldn't go so far as to call it a resort, but I mean the closest that you'll get on Cape Cod because yeah. there's not a lot of like resorts. In yeah, Cape Cod. it's just just call it a nice hotel. Yeah, yeah. It was like beautiful, but it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> like a hotel like you would think. It was like there were these two mansions in the front that was like the restaurants and stuff, and mm-hmm. then it was like all these little like almost like cabin like places. Yeah, they call them villas, but yeah, oh, they're like villas. Yeah, yeah, they're like cabin Airbnb type of places, like yeah. right right around it. Um, so you yeah, can take your pick. Um, but they were they were really close to the beach, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. And the weather just happened to be awesome this past weekend. So we've had three years back to back of really good weather for uh, our anniversary. So yeah. perfect. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> um, all right, so we can get right into the question. So yeah. the first one is from M Rose underscore B, and she said, "Here's a question I have. Well, it's actually for my husband. We're moving to a new place, and the only space for the bench and weights is a room with a low ceiling. He's five ten and won't be able to do any standing overhead exercises. Any tips for challenging modifications in a low ceiling room?" Um, this is a really good question. Just like pure logistics on yep. what you can do, um, and yeah, you just have to work with what you got. And so for what we'd recommend, if we were let's say writing a program for um, you guys would be instead of doing, let's say, standing overhead presses or anything where you have to do something overhead, we'd actually have you be in a half kneeling or a tall kneeling position. And so what you do is get a pad of some sort or a yoga mat or something rolled up to protect your knee, but get down on one knee and get your legs in a 90-90 position, meaning your front shin should be about 90 degrees, your back shin should be about 90 degrees, um, and then from there, doing your whatever exercises that you need to do in order to, um, you know, get a good training effect. Yeah. So, I mean, it's literally the same upper body movement. It's just from a different position. Um, but you definitely, if, if upper body pressing, overhead pressing is something that you want to keep in your program, you don't have to take it out. It's just yeah. Yeah, modifying your stance. And actually the half kneeling and tall kneeling positions are positions we use anyway with our, yeah, with our members because exactly. they're actually really beneficial. So. Yeah. I would say that, you know, you might be able to do more weight from a standing position mm-hmm. just because you are more stable. However, you get a lot of hip stability and core stability benefits from being in a half kneeling as well as a tall kneeling. Actually, tall kneeling is both knees are down, but your hips are extended and you're in a really like upright position because um, I didn't explain that before. But <laughs> both of those are great options and you get a lot of um, just stabilizing benefits out of it. So that's probably what we recommend. Anything else along that front? I mean, that's mainly, she said, yeah, standing, standing overhead. overhead. Yeah, um, but the same, like, as long as you can stand up, then everything else should be fine. Everything else should be totally fine, yeah. yeah. It would just be overhead movement. Just purely like, overhead. Uh, Turkish get-up, one thing you could do if you wanted to do, I don't know if you do them, but if you wanted to do them, it would only be the standing up part that would be limiting. Yeah. So you can do the full get-up, and then right before you go to stand, you can pull, like when you're in the half-kneeling position, you can pull the kettlebell down to your shoulder, stand up, and then 
go back down to half kneeling, press the kettlebell back up, and then do the remainder of the get up. Yeah. Um, so just like there's a bunch of ways that you can modify. You just have to definitely be a little bit creative when your space is limited. Yeah, definitely. I think there's so many like rules, right? Like on how to do specific exercises and everyone gets so like uptight about them, but it's like logistics takes precedence. Right. And so if you are in a position where you can't press overhead, then you can't press overhead from a standing position. So just drop down to a knee and it's totally fine. It's not less of an exercise. Um, you get different benefits out of it. Um, it's just going to be a slightly different stimulus, but totally fine to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, cool. Um, the second question is, this will say this is from Anonymous. Um, this is from somebody who recently got pregnant um, and is asking about, um, they, she basically said, I've discovered I really can't do my usual intense strength slash hit sessions. I've re I really don't want to lose all my strength. Do you have any content that you can point me toward with good pregnancy workouts? Mm. Um so it sounds like because she is still keeping it a secret, she's probably in her first trimester, I'm going to assume. Mm -hmm. um, and so first trimester is really tough because it's your energy is so, so low. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the most part. Obviously, everybody's different. But I remember for me, like, I've never been that tired in my entire life. Like, <laughs> just no energy at all. And so to muster up a, like, high-intensity interval training workout, mm. it just wouldn't... It was never going to happen. Yeah. Like, it just was not going to happen. Um, strength was a little bit easier because I was able to slow it down a little bit um, and still just focus on the movements, but not worry so much. She said my intense strength um, strength routines. So I would say for her, like, just don't worry so much about intensity. Don't worry so much about speed. Don't worry about going through things quickly. Mm -hmm. Focus more on maintaining strength because strength is going to be what you're going to want to maintain anyway throughout pregnancy. Right. It's going to be what helps you, you know, stave off things like back pain, hopefully um, be able to just like move throughout your, throughout your pregnancy and help you through labor. So being able to be strong and not worrying necessarily about how many calories you're burning or how fast you're moving, things like that is definitely going to be the most beneficial way to train anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would say is number one is don't worry so much about the intensity of the workout. Um, and then in terms of just good pregnancy workouts, I mean, the, in the first trimester, the main things are just being, doing what you can with the energy that you have and focusing on compound lifts, compound movements. So like we always talk about things like squats, deadlifts, um, bench pressing, uh, you can still do pull-ups if that's something that you're doing right now, usually in the first trimester, um, totally fine. Um, and having those like lunges, push-ups, having those all be the main exercises that you're doing. Second trimester on, you're gonna have to make some modifications to some of those things. So especially anything that really puts a lot of pressure on your core, um, things like pull-ups and push-ups become a lot more challenging. And if you notice any doming in your abs, which is basically like your abs kind of go into this point, um, you'll definitely, I, when people first talked about that, when I wasn't pregnant, I was like, don't really know what they're talking about. Like yeah. it sounds this, like really like that wouldn't happen, but it does. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're like, anytime you sit up your stomach, like it turns into like a cone head type of situation, yeah, right? It's, so, it's really so crazy. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we want to avoid that because that's going to then lead to, could potentially lead to some more exacerbated, um, diastasis later on, so mm -hmm. like separation of your abs. So anytime you start to feel that or notice that, you just want to stop doing those exercises. So pull-ups, push-ups, planks, um, any crunches or sit-up motions are all going to potentially exacerbate that. So when you notice that those things become a little bit uncomfortable or you're noticing that doming, definitely take those things out. Um, but you can replace them with alternatives that are still working those same muscles. So for me, I took pull-ups out, I think around like 22 or 23 weeks. 
Um, and I replaced them with pull downs with a cable machine. So I'd go into a kneeling position and load up the cable pretty heavy and do single arm pull downs, or you can do a lat pull down, something like that, where you're still working the same muscles, but you don't have to engage your core quite as much. Um, for push ups, I replaced those with incline bench pressing. Um, what else did I take out? I mean, and then I took out most of the direct core work that I would do. So I was doing a lot of like hollow holds and variations like that, um, dead bugs. I kind of took all of those things out and went more for things like carries. So I'll, I'll hold a kettlebell either up in the rack position by my shoulder or I'll hold it down by my side and try to walk with it and just work on maintaining my posture and alignment and not leaning away. Um, what other ab core things have I done? Oh, I've even done things like um, on the cable machine, like a single arm uh, chest press where I'm in a half kneeling position. I get the cable set up to my to my side and then press it out in front of me and back in. And that actually challenges you to not rotate. So you're having to just stabilize and stay in one place. But it's not so challenging that it's it creates that doming mm. effect. Yeah. Um, so these are all just things that I've personally done. And hopefully that can give you just some ideas on how to start modifying. But again, what I would mainly focus on is allowing, adjusting your speed of your workout and the intensity of your workout to the energy that you actually have. Mm. If you try to do too much on low energy, you could potentially injure yourself or you could just burn yourself out of working out altogether. Yeah, and just totally. Just be like, I, just, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And this is, this is stuff that we also give um, in other situations. Um, and anytime someone is in a circumstance where maybe like six months to a year, they've got some stuff going on, whether they're they're going through a home renovation or they're traveling for six to 12 months or they, they've taken on a project at work that they know it's gonna be really difficult for the next six to 12 months or, um, you know, any, any one of these. Going through an emotional, like a breakup or yeah. something, like anything that's, yeah. that's Some sort taxing of trauma. on you. Yeah. Um, or going to like grad school, getting their MBA, like all these different situations, knowing that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, six to 12 months is not that, you know, that long of a period and that to just to put things in perspective and that you know that you can jump right back on track to what you were doing before um, and just to, yeah, just to put in perspective so you, you, you can be a lot more, you know, at peace with everything. Going yeah, because it can, it is really hard. Like when I had to stop doing pull-ups, I was, I still like had moments where I would jump up on the bar and like do one just yeah. to make to, like prove to myself I could <laughs> but I would feel like I would feel my abs like straining and I'm like I yeah. know this is bad for me but it's such a mental hurdle to get over to be like I'm going to be able to work back up to this again yeah. you are because you've done it before you can do it again you ha it's going to take a little bit of time and that's okay mm -hmm. but it definitely can be a very big challenge to think like wow nine months is so long and yeah. then I'm going to have postpartum like recovery after that and am I ever going to get back to the strength that I have um, I definitely, I, I find a lot of peace in like looking at some of the moms that we train at mm -hmm. Achieve and seeing how far they've come since having their babies and like the strength that they've rebuilt and even gone beyond the strength that they had yeah. before. And so it really is one of those things that in the moment it can feel very like hard to accept that this is something that does need to change. Like it, it you can't keep going at the same pace and the same rate that you're going at before, but that doesn't, it's not permanent. Yeah. And, and you'll get back. Yeah. So. And for situations that happen, let's say, are going to be longer term, so 12 months plus, you know, those are situations where it's like, okay, this is going to be an actual, you know, thing that's going to be long term. Like, we might as well figure out solutions to work around it. But for anything 6 to 12 months, we just try to, you know, they're bigger fish to fry, essentially, yeah. in that short period of time. And we just want to make sure that everyone's just on the same page to put things in perspective. Yeah. Yeah.
All right. Cool. And then the last one is from froshan.a, and they said, I'm one of, your, one of your fans. Would you please explain about number of sets and reps for different goals, specifically for getting toned and building muscle and reducing weight? Sometimes we want to have a bigger booty, but tone the legs and quads. <laughs> I'll be glad if you can help me and explain it. Um, I think this is a really good question, and um, you know, it's, it's difficult because it's so case-dependent. Um, I will go with just very general recommendations to start. And so if you ever look at a textbook that goes over like exercise science or programming of that nature, what they'll say is that one to five repetitions is usually geared towards strength, pure strength. Um, six to 12 repetitions is usually geared towards hypertrophy and muscle building. And then 12 and on is going to be geared more towards muscle endurance. And so generally speaking, that is a very good rule of thumb to go with. Um, as far as sets go, what we usually try to do is get people, as long as they're not going purely max strength, we like to get people somewhere in 20 to 30 repetitions or so. And this is why you always see things like three sets of 10 or three sets of eight or five sets of five. Um, eight, Eight sets of three, yeah, four (laughs) sets of six. Like they usually fall, if you total out the number of reps, somewhere between 20 to 30. And we think that's a pretty good rule of thumb for the most part. Um, Now, where it gets a little bit tricky is because, let's say you're going for hypertrophy in your glutes, like you were just talking about, and you go six to 12 reps for three, four, five months at a time, you get really good results initially, and then after a while, results start to plateau for whatever reason. And the big reason is that you just end up getting into a point where there's a law of diminishing returns. And so you have to do something differently in order to, again, promote some sort of adaptation for stimulus. And so what we usually recommend in that case is to explore those lower rep ranges and go higher up in weight. And so let's say you're doing 10 reps with a certain weight, let's say a glute bridge, and you're doing it with 100 pounds. But... You've been doing that for quite a while now. What could be good is if you did 135 pounds for five reps and you do five sets there. Now suddenly your body's like, oh, okay, I have to adapt to this new you know, strength adaptation, strength stimulus that's going on. And eventually, once you go back to those six to 12 reps, you can do so, but at a much higher weight. And so you can kind of fluctuate between those two rep ranges and it ends up becoming a situation where you can really overcome plateaus because not that you're keeping your body guessing or you're confusing your body, but you're just systematically making sure that you improve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add on that front? Um, no, unless, well, where are you going next? I probably want to add on um, just something different. But. Go somewhere different, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I couldn't tell. I felt like you had another point to make. Um, so obviously, I mean, we've been training together for a long time. That yeah. obviously would be my same approach. Um, but the one thing that is just something I would want to point out and just kind of like make sure that's reiterated is that um, getting like building muscle and reducing weight are not done in the same methods, if that makes sense. So um, like if you want to build a bigger booty but lose weight. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going by the... <laughs> I would never say that, but I was just going by the thing. <laughs> that sounds so funny coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> but reduce like your size of your thighs. Those are two different, um, mm. you have to take two different approaches to those two things. And so you can't reduce the size of your thighs with a certain exercise. 
um, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So you can't get smaller in a certain area of your body with a certain type of exercise. It doesn't matter the sets and reps that you're doing. It's not going to help you to get smaller in that area. What that what you have to do in that case is is focus on your diet. And so and weight loss in general is systemic. So it happens throughout your entire body. Mm. So due to genetics, we can't choose where we lose weight, which is really annoying. And <laughs> you know, like it would be really nice if we could all just be like this, like this is where I want to lose weight, yeah. but I want to keep it here. Yeah. Cause typically like, because the grass is always greener, we typically want where we want to lose weight is where we end up keeping it and where we want to gain weight <laughs> is where we end up losing Very it. True. So it, it is, there is a lot of genetics that come into play here. What you can do is you can work on building certain areas. Mm. So that's sort of more what Jason's talking about is like if you're going to do glute specific exercises, you're going to want to be in that hypertrophy range for a good amount of time because that's actually going to build that muscle group. It's going to actually make it look bigger. Yeah. Um, but it's and then by doing that, it may make your quads look smaller. True. Yeah. But your, your quads aren't going to get smaller. Yeah. 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 You, you definitely have to take. <laughs> A, a two a multifaceted approach right. to it like you got to focus on one and then the other and that's why you see um, a lot of bodybuilders they go through different seasons where they'll go and bulk and try to um, gain muscle size and then after that season they'll then try to lose um, some more weight and you know excess fat that they're trying to shed for competing and all that um, and so yeah I mean I guess if, if that is like their sole goal we'd probably recommend doing some exercises and getting into like a few month period where they're really focusing on glute development, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then from there, after that, focusing a little bit more on controlling their diet and their nutrition. Yeah. 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 So those two things, like, and it's so frustrating because there's so much stuff out there, like magazine articles still will say like, lose, like tone your arms with these or not even that it'll be like lose lose the flabby arms with these five exercises yeah. and stuff like that drives me crazy because you it's just not how it works it's yeah. not how the body works right <laughs> and you can't you can't lose body fat by doing a specific exercise mm -hmm. you can exercising in general can help you lose body fat overall but it's not going to target a specific area doing an exercise with your bicep isn't going to help you lose arm fat it's going to help you build your bicep muscle yeah and then fixing like working on your diet and, and cutting calories or doing whatever you need to do with your diet is going to systemically help you to lose weight everywhere yeah and that's really the only way it works yeah and actually one other point um you know we have had people asking about for uh, members um where maybe they wanted to develop uh in one area let's say glutes but they didn't want to develop they just wanted to maintain in the size of their thighs and if that's the case then what we typically do is shy away from exercises like squats or lunges where we know quads and thighs are going to be emphasized along with glutes. And we'll take those out and go more for deadlifts, Romanian deadlifts, single leg deadlifts, barbell hip thrusts and glute bridges and stuff like that, where we know that they really primarily target the glutes and there's less activation and engagement of quads and other um, muscle musculature around the thighs. So that's one way we can work around it. You know, and that's purely from an aesthetic standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> from a functionality standpoint, we always recommend adding in things like squatting and lunging because that's stuff that you will actually encounter in everyday life. And you might as well good, get good at it, right? Yeah. Um, and so we're always trying to play with the balance of those two. Right. Yeah. I was As you were saying that, I was like definitely in agreement, but also just not in agreement with the whole, like that whole process in general because... Yeah it neglects movement patterns that are that are natural for totally, us. Totally, yeah. Um, and we, we really don't ever, like, 
a lot of our members don't really ask for that kind of stuff because they recognize that functional fitness is more important than like a little bit of aesthetic change here and there. Definitely. I mean, everybody wants to see aesthetic changes like they want to mm-hmm. see their body develop in ways and like they want to see their muscles and they want to see that themselves lose weight but once you start to feel how good it feels to be more functionally strong mm-hmm. you start to worry less about like oh my quads are so big when yeah. you're like wow they actually can like this is the reason that i can go for this like 20 mile hike or yeah. whatever and like you just kind of start getting more proud of what your body looks like versus mm-hmm. ashamed of certain areas of your body because you think that they're supposed to look a certain way. Yeah, and, and really the funny thing is like, people try to target these like very specific like ways in order to get to their goal quicker, right? They'll, you know, the rage these days is keto for nutrition mm-hmm. or, you know, isolated training for um, muscular development, um, things like this. Um, and it always just comes down to like, people just strength train like two to four times a week and they use generally sound nutrition principles and then just keep like a very relaxed mindset about the whole thing. It's like they get to where they want to go anyway and much quicker without like using like these like crazy tactics or hacks. It's not even necessarily quicker. It's just more consistency. Yeah. Like it's more, it just like happens for a longer period of time. Yeah, I guess. Whereas like keto, yeah, if you went on that, you probably would see quick results. That's true. then you would also see quick fluctuations back to where you were before as soon as you're not doing exactly what you were doing with right yeah whereas when you start to just realize that instead of going on a diet instead of doing this like very specific plan you just Mm -hmm. start doing things that fit into your lifestyle naturally and you can maintain for long periods of time you might not see the fastest results but you're going to not have to worry about constantly seeking results because it's just going to be you're just going to be in this constant state of feeling good about yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and like for us at Achieve, we work with primarily like 20 to 40 year olds, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of like our bread and butter. It's like, you know, when we talk to them, it's like, you know, you probably have 60 plus years of your life left. Yeah. Like there's no rush to get to that place, yeah. right? So yeah. just, just affording yourself a little bit more patience. Like you don't have to get there tomorrow. You'll be much better set if you think of it as I can get there in a couple of years. And you know? stay there for and the stay rest there. of your life. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I think those are all of the answers we have to your burning questions for today. Thank you so much for submitting those. And if you have any burning questions, send them to us at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram. If you like what you hear on this podcast and you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on iTunes, we'd be super, super grateful for that. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.